This is Jones Financial Talk with Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Nick provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Jones Financial Talk with your host, Nick Jones. Well, hello and welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. This is Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Listeners, if you'd like more information about what you hear on our show today, you can request that in two ways. You can go to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com or give us a call at 541-773-9567. Now, if you go out to our website, you can click on the radio page and check out all of our past shows. We do this weekly and all of our previous shows are uploaded on the website there. You can also look at our program on Spotify uh, and many other great, great streaming services. Now, listeners, today I thought I'd bring up a very interesting topic, which is year-end planning. Uh, I've been spending lots of time uh, in the last couple of weeks meeting with my clients in this fourth quarter and helping them plan for 2023 and talking to them about the most important things that they want to consider between now and the end of the year. So I thought it would be helpful maybe if we went through this checklist together. Now, uh, as always, I'm going to bring in my co-host, Tony Shore, who obviously is great at helping us figure uh, figure out how to get through uh, most of our content. So welcome, Tony. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that, Nick. It's great to be here with you. Good to see you again. I love doing the show with you each week, and I know how busy this time of year gets for you. So uh, I'm glad you made time for this show, especially this topic, because we got to fit it in and people need to know what they need to accomplish before the end of the year. And uh, this year-end planning checklist is great to go through. And I know this is something you go over with all your clients, and it's going to be very helpful to our listeners out there. And I'm going to keep track. I'm taking notes here. So I appreciate this. I've been great. Um, I will say that right now, uh, I'm your remote co-host. I'm in Minnesota, and we do have three inches of snow on the ground, and it's still snowing. (laughs) Yeah, it's about 26 degrees and snowing, and it's been snowing for the past couple of days. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. It's been been cold here, but not not, not snowing uh, yet. Has it gotten down to into the 20s? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are oh, yeah. we're approaching yeah. and below freezing for sure at night. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, hey, this is going to be a good one. So let's uh, let's jump right in here. Uh, what do you have for us first? I mean, we're going over a year end financial planning checklist. What do people need to be aware of? Sure thing. So going into the holiday season, first of all, Tony, it's um, sometimes very difficult to make sure that you review all the important things that you should consider before the end of the year. And many of these are extremely time sensitive. And so let's tackle some of those first. Uh, the, the first main thing for people to think through is to make sure that they've taken their required minimum distribution uh, for the year. Now, those are obviously called RMDs for many people. Uh, the you know Failing to take your required minimum distribution results in perhaps the largest IRS penalty. It's a 50% penalty if you don't take it Ouch. in the year that you're supposed to, Tony. Oh, no, that's that's bad. 
<laughs> right. It's it's terrible and danger Will Robinson danger no Will Robinson danger. <laughs> so for our clients, we reach out to them in many ways. Clearly, we send them letters to remind them. We also call them. We also meet with them during the fourth quarter to make sure that they have adequately you know fulfilled that required minimum distribution um, requirement. And a lot of people have asked me, you know, uh, especially because the market has been down this year, why do I have to use um, a higher value than than what my account value is at. And the way that RMDs work is the IRS looks at what your IRA account value was of December 31st of the previous year. So from for everybody right now that's calculating and taking their RMD in 2022, it's what their account value of their IRA was December 31st of 2021. And as you know, for the majority of people, that number was higher uh, because the market yes, has gone down this year. Much. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't want to make that mistake. Make sure that you're set up to take those required minimum minimum distributions from your IRAs if you're that age. Uh, and you, once you hit a certain age, uh, 72 right now. So 72 so. is the age. A lot of people have also asked me lately, Tony, because of the changes that uh, are taking place in the, in the House, um, you know, if the RMD age is going to change. And so there was some legislation earlier this year that was going to project and move the RMD ages up to the age of 73, 74, and then 75 kind of staggered in multiple years yeah. going forward. But I'd heard but about that has that. not passed. Okay. So no. right now, if you're the age of 72 or older, you have to take your RMD this year. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. We'll have to see how that all plays out. There were a lot of changes that are going to take effect that took effect this year and next year. Uh, but there may be even more. We'll see how it goes. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, you know, with uh, Democrats holding the Senate and Republicans holding the House, we might have some gridlock. So I don't know if we're going to get a lot of change coming out of that. Uh, what do you think? That Nick? is correct. Yeah. Um, gridlock typically is better for the markets. Uh, oddly yes, enough. the markets um, are expected to do really the, well. And they always do well the year after a midterm. That, that is very correct. And and part of the reason why it does better is because the certainty of, of um, things being just kind of status quo tend to be more likely when we have a split Congress. Okay. Um, yeah. But Tony, to get back to the required minimum distribution, one other thing I wanted to mention, because a lot of people don't think through this as well, is if you have multiple um, IRAs with either different custodians or say you have one with uh, an annuity company and one with uh, um, a, a company where you have an actively managed portfolio, um, it doesn't matter which IRA you take the money out of for your required minimum distribution. It just matters that you take the full amount for everything that you calculate together. So that's kind of a nice option. Ah. Okay. And, and the reason why I think it's a nice option, Tony, is because depending on the investments that you have and that you've worked so hard to attain with your financial advisor, um, it's really dependent on what the markets are doing to determine where you're going to pull the money from. A lot of people just assume, well, I'll take it from that account because I always have. But that's not always right. the correct planning step, okay? Because right. today, for instance, when the markets have sold off 15 to 20% this year, maybe it's not the right place to take it from the market account. Maybe you should take it from one of the guaranteed solution accounts that you have because those values have not gone down this year. And uh, why would you do that? Because you can leave the money invested in the market for a longer period of time so that when it rebounds, um, you'll make some of that money back. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's huge. That's a great point. So, uh, okay, make sure you've taken your required minimum distributions. That's a one year end 
item off the checklist. What's another? So another really, really big one is to review your tax withholdings. And this needs to be done before the end of the year. I mean, if you've had a big event this year, like a wedding or a divorce, um, you might need to make some changes to all of your withholdings. And also, there are some extremely time sensitive things that you can do to help yourself with the tax situation, which we'll discuss. Um, one of those, for instance, Tony, that has not really come into play for most people for the last three or four years is what's called tax loss harvesting. Okay. And, and uh, this typically happens when you have losses in your accounts. Okay. And I'm talking about losses that are in <laughs> which, which in 2022, <laughs> that's uh, let's see a show of hands. Yep. yep. Oh, that's everyone. Yep. Oh, okay. And, sure. And, and that's why I said, so for, you know, eight, 2018, 19, 20, and 21, uh, all of our clients' accounts were, were up and up handsomely. And so there's yes. not an opportunity typically to take a loss. Now, in a year like 2022, when we've had um, a sell-off like this, you can look at your realized losses and also your unrealized losses, which are losses that you've incurred, but you have not actually acted on yet, meaning you have not sold those securities at a loss. And the reason why that's right. important in the same calendar year, Tony, is because um, if you take the loss, if you sell those securities before the end of the year, you have the ability to use that as a tax advantage. And so there's a couple of different ways you can use that as a tax advantage. One of those is to just offset those losses with any um, gains that you might have in those same investment accounts. Okay. Sure. Um, so let's say you have a $10,000 gain from a stock that you've held for multiple years and you've got a $10,000 loss and something you could sell right now, those two would offset. And so you wouldn't have to pay the taxes on the stock that you had the gain in. So that's kind of an interesting twist, right? And then ah, the, okay. the second thing is, um, if you don't have any losses to harvest against, um, or I'm sorry, if you don't have any gains to harvest this loss against, you can write off up to $3,000 a year off your ordinary income in most people's situation when you have an investment loss. And uh, also, you can carry this forward for multiple years, Tony. So if you sell something, let's say that has a $9,000 loss, you can take a $3,000 loss off your income taxes this year, a $3,000 loss next year, and a $3,000 loss two years from now. And so, you know, we don't want people necessarily to sell when the markets are low, but from a tax perspective, this is a conversation you should be having with your advisor. Yeah, for sure. Obviously. What is your tax plan? <laughs> what is your tax plan, Nick? Exactly. Um, for sure. Taxes are probably the biggest year end thing financially you can look at. And a lot of the different things we're going to talk about on this checklist have tax implications, of course. They, they so, sure do. Uh, that's that's a really big one. Review your tax withholdings, but make sure you're working with a financial services professional, a firm like Jones and Associates, because you guys can work alongside tax professionals and you look at the big picture, not just look back at, at last year's taxes, but you're looking ahead too, that's right. to make sure it makes sense for your overall financial plan and your retirement plans, which may be in the future or may be happening right now depending on where you're at. So that's a good one. What else do we need to look at before the end of the year? Sure here? thing. So it's always important to review your insurance policies. And many seniors uh, probably are looking at their prescription drug plans and Medicare plans this time of year as well. And, yep. um, you know, but you should be going over your home, your auto, your life policies 
to ensure that, you know, that they will continue to meet your needs in the future, first of all, and to make sure that there's not a better deal out there. Um, you know, some interesting highlights have, have always occurred when this happens, Tony. I recently was able to help one of our main clients with her Medicare supplemental policy. And for years, she just had the exact same policy in place and paid a pretty, a pretty steep premium. And after doing a review of her account with some of our Medicare agents in our office, we were able to reduce her, her monthly premiums down by, by 40%. Okay. $200 Yikes. a month. And so that is a huge wow. savings for people. And how did that happen? Just by mentioning it, just by saying, okay, here's another thing that I need to review. I need to talk to somebody about it. Sit down with your financial advisor, discuss it, and see what can happen. Yeah, and yeah, that's a really good one. And my wife and I were guilty of that with our house. We bought our house, and we went with the homeowner's insurance through the bank that we did the loan through, right? right? And we never looked at that or reviewed it. And we just, it went up every year, it went up every year, and finally we're like, holy cow. Yep. our homeowner's insurance. And and then we keep, you know, you see the ads about bundling. So we called the company we had our car insurance through. You would not believe the amount of money we saved over $2,000 a year. Yep. Well, Tony, switching. Tony, this is a huge thing in the Rogue Valley also. And part of the reason for that is because of the fire risk that we have here. And um, yeah. the state of Oregon, as many of our listeners know, <clears throat> did review and change the majority of our Jackson and Josephine counties to high risk or extreme risk for fire. And this has been an issue politically that we are dealing with in our state. But the reason why I mention it is when that happens, what do you think insurance companies do? They start raising your rates drastically. Like mine went up right. 50% this year, okay? Yeah. And I didn't realize how just switching to another insurance company could dramatically affect the premium, even when something like that happens. And so yes, what, what's huge. happened for me and probably for many of our listeners is I've received multiple mailers about, you know, here's the value of your home, here's your address, Here's what you're probably paying for insurance after this increase. Here's what we'll do it for. And it's staggering how low that some of these quotes are. And I actually yes. send some of those quotes to my current um, insurance agent and he just laughs and says, I can't even touch those numbers. But the truth is, if it's a legitimate insurance company that has a good yep. backing and good rating, why not consider moving? Yeah. Yeah. And just don't go by any fly by night that you've never heard of. You got to look into it and do your due diligence. And uh, that, but that's something you need to look at before every, uh, before the year's up, uh, maybe look at your insurance policies. That's a good one to have on the checklist and check off. All right. Well, Hey, before we go on, let's let our listeners know how they could set up a complimentary consultation with you or get more information. Sure thing. And you know, I should have mentioned in the beginning of the show, Tony, that we do have a nice um, pamphlet available that goes over these year end uh, planning strategies that uh, our listeners can request, and they can do that in a couple of ways. They can go to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. There is an area on our website that you can request uh, additional information from our show. And they can also just reach out to our office here locally in Medford at 541-773-9567. All right. Thanks, Nick. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Jones Financial Talk and our host, Nick Jones, right after this. 
Want to help mitigate the uncertainty of future taxes and lower your taxes on Social Security benefits? With tax-free qualified distributions and growth of earnings, converting your 401k to a Roth IRA could be your solution. At Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions, we can answer your questions regarding 401k and IRA rollovers. We work with a team of CPAs and professionals who can help you avoid potential pitfalls. Visit us at jonesfinancialtalk.com to learn more. And welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and I'm here with our host, Nick Jones, the man with the plan. And the plan for today is to talk about what our listeners need to be doing before the end of the year. We've got a little bit of time left here, and there's a lot to know. We already talked about making sure you're taking your required minimum distributions. If you're at that point, Uh, we talked about reviewing tax withholdings and reviewing insurance policies. What's next on the year-end checklist? Sure thing. So the next thing that I'd like to bring up, Tony, that needs to be done before the end of the year is considering charitable contributions. And, um, you know, you should make a list of all the donations that you've made throughout the year. uh, And and so that's organized for your next, obviously, tax filing season. Uh, The other thing to think through here that we talked a little bit about before was those required minimum distributions that you might have to take can be directly sent to the charity, in which case you would uh, minimize your tax situation if that happened. And many of our clients do that this time of year. They think about those charities that they want to donate to, and we send their required minimum distributions directly to the charity. Yeah. So there are no taxes in that case. Uh, And if it's something they don't necessarily need and they need the tax credit more or the tax benefit more, uh, then send it to a charity. Is that what's called a qualified charitable contribution? It is. So what happens is instead of you having to take the money out of your account, pay the taxes on it, and then put the money towards the charity and then get a write-off in your taxes, you just send the RMD directly to the charity. Okay. So qualified charitable distribution. You got it. You got it. QCD. Yeah. Okay. That's important. So uh, obviously, again, relates back to taxes, uh, which uh, a lot of our listeners will note, a lot of things you want to wrap up before the year end is, are things that'll affect your taxes when they come due next April. So that's correct. Uh, what, what's next on the check? So another really, really big one that we talked to a lot of our clients about is uh, considering Roth IRA conversions. Okay. And this can happen for a couple of different reasons, but a Roth IRA may be a great option to consider if your income has decreased and you want to take advantage of being in a lower tax bracket. We know today, Tony, that, you know, future taxes in 2025 are going to revert back to what the levels were. That's when um, the Trump era tax situation reverts. Okay. And so it's important to consider between now and then if this is a strategy you should take. And so if you don't know about this, what you do, listeners, is you take your traditional IRA assets, you pay the taxes on them, you convert them to a Roth IRA in in the year, and and you would do that because you're hopefully going to be in a better tax situation when you use that Roth money later. Now, there's a lot of things to think through here, okay? One, if you're the age of 72 and you're required to take a minimum distribution, Okay, Um, then this is a situation where you're considering this to be something that you have to take out anyway. So that is not always a good choice to consider for the Roth conversion because you have to take the money out. Okay, at that point. But before the age of 72, let's say that you're 65 and you have seven years before you're required to take money out. Right. Because the age of 72 is when you're required to take money out. You've got seven year window to start converting that traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. 
And you do that by paying the taxes during the ages of 65 and 72 so that when you get to the age of 72, you no longer pay taxes on any of that growth that's been in the account. Um, the other re- main nice. reason that we need to think through this, Tony, is legacy planning. So, <clears throat> you know, when you decide to um, or not decide when unfortunately when, at your passing, you know, um, there's lots of tax implications that can be considered. And so if you think that the majority of the money that's in your retirement accounts is going to go to your children, for instance, then um, or somebody that's a real person, uh, maybe starting to convert the money to a Roth IRA today will be a better tax situation for them later. Yeah, you don't want to leave your loved ones, your spouse, your kids, your grandkids with a tax burden if you pass. And should one spouse pass, they don't want to leave the other spouse or their kids with a tax burden. So you do want to be strategic and do it. making these moves now before the end of the year can be very tax advantageous, but uh, you need to not make any of these moves without working with somebody like yourself, a financial services professional who can look at your situation and look at the big picture and say, no, if we do the math, this is going to cost you here, or you don't want to do this because of this. And, and it's the unknowns that most people have that you know because you do this every day and you've seen all these situations. That's right. And, you know, on the flip side of that, if you if you um, do not have any children or if you're planning to leave uh, a legacy to a charitable contract, you're making charitable contributions, don't pay the taxes now because when the charity inherits the money, they're not going to pay taxes. Right. right. So, I mean, yeah, don't start exactly. converting money. I've had a lot of people that say, I want to I want to start converting some money to a Roth. And I'm OK, well, who are you going to leave the money to? And they tell me a charity. And I said, well, if you don't do that, then you won't pay any taxes. The IRS will get none of the money and the charity will get it at the end. So, you know, there's many different working kind of parts into all of these different equations, yeah. Tony. Uh, that's uh, a good point. You know, this week. So we have a tax uh, accountant and consultant that's in our office this week, specifically going over tax planning questions like this and and to strategize before the end of the year. And so it's just imperative to consider this, sit down with an advisor that knows um, all of the different intricacies of these different details and can work through them with you. Right. And before the end of the year, you mentioned Roth conversions being one big thing you want to look at before the end of the year. Uh, You might consider it. And one of the reasons is taxes are still at an all time historic low right now. That's correct. And so you might want to convert some uh, from your, um, you know, tax deferred accounts into a Roth so that money can grow, catch the gains, which we, you know, everybody says we'll probably see in the next year or two, we'll, we'll make, you know, hopefully historic gains again, like the market does when it recovers. And then that those gains can be, you can get those tax free, but it depends on your tax situation. So everybody's situation is different. That's why our listeners need to pick up the phone and set a meeting with you and the folks in your office there. So that's uh, Roth conversions. What else are we talking so about? So another big one for people that are still working is retirement contributions. Okay. And so you should, at this point, have a pretty good understanding, you know, in the middle of November, how much you're going to make this year and how much money you've put away into your retirement accounts. And so you need to think through, can you continue to fund more aggressively those retirement contributions between now and the end of the year uh, to take advantage? If you're if you're doing that pre-tax, can you do that and put more money from your paychecks away, or um, should you open uh, you know a Roth or a traditional IRA now? Although with that option, you do have the ability to do that next year before you file your taxes for this year. But the point I'm trying to make is 
project out, think about how much money you've saved in your retirement accounts and consider, you know, maxing those out if you haven't. Um, an interesting thing that's happened lately here, Tony, in the state of Oregon is um, the Oregon Savings Growth Plan, who many, uh, many, many of my clients, uh, you know, are invested in, um, has come up with a three-year special catch-up election, okay, where uh, starting next year, they're going to give everybody the ability to put more money away in this in this three-year special catch-up election um, position. And so that just shows you that there are many options that are out there that different agencies come up with and want you and try to entice you to put money away. So if you're willing to do it, check with your employer, see what the maximum levels are and start deferring more. Uh, again, the tax implications on this year end checklist are important. So what's something else we need to do before the end? So of the another year? thing that I talked to lots of our clients about is considering and working on, um, <clears throat> pardon me, building alternative income streams, Tony. And there are many ways that, that you can earn money uh, to transition into retirement, uh, rental income, part-time work, things of that nature. And so um, it's very, very important to talk about those alternative options uh, on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, give you a perfect example. Lots of our clients have rental, uh, rental properties and rental income, um, but interest rates have moved up drastically this year. And that can really negatively affect uh, you if you are if you are a landlord, right? Because um, when you decide to sell the property, it might more, be more difficult or it might not be worth as much if interest rates are higher. And then alternatively, you always want to sit down and think through in any investment, what is the net income you're getting from it? And so in many situations with rental properties, it's highly, highly uh, likely in the first part of, of the rental uh, ownership that you're not going to make very much in actual income. You're paying a lot of other expenses to the to the mortgage company, the down payment, on and on and on. And the reason why it's important, for instance, this year to think about that is because short-term interest rates are very, very attractive. I mean, I, I've, I've seen local rates that and rates that I can offer my clients that are four, five, six percent in the two and three year range. And so why is that important? Because if you're not making five or six percent in a rental property, maybe it's time to not have it anymore. You know, and so there's just different options and things you can consider to to make and build those alternative income streams. And that's the point I want to make here. Yeah. And we're almost out of time. It's been a great show, a good checklist. But there's one final item, the last item on the checklist, uh, which is maybe the most important before the end of the year. What is it? It's making an appointment with your financial advisor to sit down and talk about all of these very, very important questions um, and make sure that you have everything in order. If you don't do this and if you're not doing regular reviews with your advisor, okay, then you're never going to have the opportunity to address these concerns and think through how these could turn into a significant advantage for yourself. So you've got to do that, Tony. And so how do our listeners, before we go, how do they get a hold of you? Sure Nick? thing. In a couple of different ways. Easiest way is just to go to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. And then also, if they just want to reach out to us, they can. 541-773-9567. And we have this great checklist to share with them if, uh, if they're interested, Tony. All right. Sounds great, Nick. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Jones Financial Talk with our host, Nick Jones. Thank you for listening to Jones Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Nick Jones at Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Call 
888-900-9567 or visit their website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions, a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. Insurance products and services are offered through Jones & Associates Premier Insurance Solutions. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions and Jones & Associates Premier Insurance Solutions are affiliated companies. Nick Jones and Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.